Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. up guys it's me nick host of this lovely amazing show you're all listening to i uh, just want to make a correction for last week i said it was episode 282 it was actually 283 i don't know how that happened um but we're here it is uh like i said it is 284 today actually so we're we're here for that hope you guys are doing good New York Comic Con was this past weekend. Surprisingly, not a lot of things were announced there. Very strange. Um, we got some other gaming news, though, of course, uh, and news in general. Of course, the biggest news being Microsoft has uh, finally acqu- acquired Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. The sale officially went through on Friday. It's done. It's over. Uh, but that doesn't mean you'll start seeing... Activision games on Game Pass just yet. Also, the SAG After Strike is ongoing still, despite meeting for several days to negotiate the strike. It looks like they've both walked away from the table. I'm not. I'm still not sure if it was the studios that walked away or the actors that walked away, but that's what's going on right now with the uh, actors' strike and things like that. So that's still ongoing. Also, uh, we're going to go over more 90s movies today. I'm not going to go in the same order as I did with the 80s. So this week we got eight 90s teen movies, mostly comedies, realistically. Uh, So we're going to be talking about that. That is going to be later today or later at the end of the episode. No big reviews this week, so that's uh, nothing crazy in that regard. Those are the top stories. Um, As always, do want to cover some things. Don't forget to to check out Nixner News Dot com. You guys can listen to the show right in your browser if you prefer. Or you'll find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcast pages, uh, Discord, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We're on all of those. You guys can like, share, subscribe, take us on the go, take us on the stay. Is that That's, that's not a thing. But that's all at nixnernews.com. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tab. You'll see our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Uh, I'm on TikTok posting stuff for the podcast. Uh, I posted today, but I don't know what TikTok's doing. It's not letting it through. But uh, overall, that is just a reminder. Check those out. Like I said, follow us on socials. Look for Nick's Nerd News or follow my personal accounts if you want to. 
the Nick DeFalco. Uh, let's get into the news, shall we? Alright, so uh, what's going on in the video game world, huh? Well, we've learned that Warner Brothers was pitched an animated version of Mortal Kombat vs. DC. I uh, remember that was a game that came out a while back. And they're both owned by, you know, NetherRealm Studios is owned by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers obviously owns DC. And it looks like it was pitched... Uh, but they rejected it. So Jeremy Adams, who wrote Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge, Mortal Kombat Legends, Snowblind, and the new Battle of the Realms, uh, said he went to them saying, quote, I would lower your expectations. I don't know if they have any plans to do more. I do know that we pitched that a while ago, but it was kind of rebuffed, unquote. That was uh, in an interview with comicbook.com. He followed up with, quote, well, I think at the end of the day, I don't know if they're ever going to do any more. I hope they do, and I hope they call me to be involved. That would be great, because I really loved it. But I don't know, I don't know. I think it would be really cool, though. Trust me, I would love to see a DC Mortal Kombat. That would be super, super cool, unquote. So, oh, that game was 2008 when it was still Midway Games. Holy shit. That was a long time ago. Uh, that... But yeah, don't expect to see an animated project of that caliber anytime soon. Uh, a few weeks back, we reported that Hideki Kamiya would be leaving Platinum Games. Uh, and, I mean, he's a prolific man in the video game industry. Well, we've learned that he is creating his own YouTube channel. And apparently he won't be able to work in, in gaming for at least a year. So, he has only one video posted. Uh, shows him leaving Platinum Games, and I guess he did sign a non-compete agreement with Platinum, um, but at least for a year. So, he's done uh, Resident Evil 2, Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, worked on all those while working at Capcom, worked on The Wonderful 101, a lot of other famous games. He decided to leave the company that he helped found. Uh, a few months back, or a few weeks back in September. So, a lot of new things coming for Kamiya-san. Uh, and like I started saying at the top of the hour, Microsoft has officially owned, bought, owned. Microsoft has officially purchased Activision Blizzard King for $69 billion. 22 months after it was announced, the sale has finally complete, completed after several attempts by world governments to halt it or look deeper at it. And the EU, European Union, despite approving it, was started was going to be looking into a, uh, the, the merger purchase again. And after seeing what happened in the UK with the, the announcement of some changes for the UK deal, so I don't understand why Europe would approve it and then unapprove it after the UK approved. I, I don't know. So this is via Bloomberg. The European Union decided the changes to the deal do not need to be, do not have to go through the approvals process again. So that allowed everything to go through. 
Uh, no, no word on that. They released, they released what I would call one of the best ads for a video game company purchase in a very long time. It features the uh, soundtrack to Oklahoma. The oh, oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, what a beautiful day! I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. Oh, I butchered that part. <laughs> but anyway, the the um, who's the uh, the singer on that version? It's from the movie version. Um, bah, bah, bah. Uh, Gordon McRae, the Gordon McRae version from the film version of Oklahoma. Uh, they have that song playing in the background featuring Bethesda, Activision, Blizzard, King, you know, Microsoft Studios, all the different games, things like that. But I, I think I've watched that ad like 15 times. Um, like I said, the, the deal finally went through. They announced it in a big way. The Communication Workers of America, or the the, the CWA union, has expressed their um, support. Uh, issuing a statement saying, uh, quote, um, it says, quote, over two years ago, workers at Activision Blizzard Studios captured the country's attention through walkouts and other protests over discrimination, sexual harassment, pay inequality, pay, pay inequity, and other issues they were facing on the job. Their efforts to form unions were met with illegal retaliation and attempts to delay and block union elections. Now these workers are free to join our union through a fair process without interference from management. Microsoft's high road approach should be the norm across the industry, unquote. So Microsoft is taking a neutral approach. Uh, they do allow unions on their, in their Redmond headquarters up in Washington. So it looks like uh, they're calling, uh, the CWA also called it, quote, unquote, a new day. Um, a milestone in the effort to improve working conditions of the video game industry, quote-unquote, as well. So, they are uh, happy to uh, happy for a merger. It's rare to hear unions support a big merger like this. Uh, we've also learned that Bobby Kotick will be staying on until the end of 2023. A lot of people hoped he would walk away as soon as the deal closed. Um, but it looks like he's staying on until the end of 2023 until, uh, I, I essentially December 31st. A lot of people made a joke, like maybe it's for him to stay on to, to be fired with cause. Um, yeah. So 22 months later, it is officially done. They own all of that. We're already hearing Phil saying that he wants to allow his developers to dig deep into the IP box. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's a lot. Phil even said, quote, Today we start the work to bring beloved Activision Blizzard and King franchises to Game Pass and other platforms. We'll share more about when you can expect to play in the coming months. We know you're excited, and we are too. Uh, for the millions of fans who love Activision Blizzard and King games, we want... You to know that today is a good day to play. You are the heart and soul of these franchises, and we are honored to have you as part of our community. Whether you play on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, or mobile, you are welcome here, and you will remain welcome, even if Xbox isn't where you play your favorite franchise. 
because when everyone plays, we all win. We believe our news today will unlock a world of possibilities for more ways to play. Thank you for the ongoing support. We have so much more to come in the months ahead. I'm excited for the future and cannot wait to share it with you. Unquote. That's from Phil Spencer via Xbox Wire. The nightmare is over, essentially, if you want to call it that, of the news and things like that. It's uh, It's been a wild almost two years since they announced the purchase of Activision Blizzard. Moving on, uh, Ubisoft thinks that the sale of physical games will start to taper off in the near future. Um, we have another story in regards to physical sales a little bit later, but so... You know, Microsoft is already looking to, to make an all-digital Xbox Series X, as we saw in their leak from last month. And Ubisoft has purchased the cloud gaming rights for Activision Blizzard games in Europe. So, it's uh, this is an interview with Chris Early, Ubisoft's Senior Vice President, Strategic Partnerships and Business Development, was asked um, via... Let me see... It was a oh, it was a blog post from Ubisoft. He said, "Quote: There's a collector edition market. There's the aspect of gifting physical items and allowing access for people to be able to easily purchase a game in a store and gift them to their friends or family. Some people will always want to own the physical disc. I just don't think it's going away. Do I think physical sales might get lower over time? Sure, but will it ever completely go away? I don't think so." Unquote. I personally, um. I know a lot of games are going more digital. I personally am still a physical games person. Yes, I have Game Pass. Yes, some games I cannot get physical. Um, but I would prefer physical disc versions over the digital any day. Like with Spider-Man 2 that comes out on Friday, I'm getting a physical disc. I am not going to do that digitally. I want a physical disc of the game. Uh for me, personally, I just like having that case to show off a library of games, essentially, is, is my my thing. My thing with that. Uh, New York Comic Con was this past weekend. Uh, we got some news in regards to Invincible Season 2, as well as when Omni-Man might be making his appearance in Mortal Kombat 1. We learned that he would be a member of Combat Pack 1 for Mortal Kombat 1. He will be the first fighter available. And it will be next month in November, so expect Omni-Man to be released next month. Uh, that's a lot sooner than I think a lot of people expected, but it coincides with the release of Season 2 of Invincible on Amazon. Minecraft Live was this past week as well, and if you're wondering what that is, it's essentially just a bunch of Minecraft news. Uh, Star Wars Path of the Jedi DLC was announced, where you can go from Padawan to Jedi Knight. Uh, DLC themed around pl the Planet Earth 3 docuseries. Minecraft Legends will receive some updates. Minecraft Vanilla is getting update 1.21 sometime in middle of next year. Uh, Armadillo has won the mob vote for the new mob coming to the game. And next year, Minecraft will be celebrating its 15th, yes, 15th anniversary uh, so how many of you guys have been playing for the 15 years? Analog, the greatest makers of video game peripherals and secondary, secondhand, con not secondhand, but like uh, consoles that, like replay consoles, I guess is the best way to describe it. Like my Analog Pocket, right? Uh, 
They have announced the Analog 3D. Uh, no price or release date yet, other than next year. It will allow you to play N64 games in 4K. So it looks to be a N64 playing device. Pete Hines, the director of Bethesda, has announced that he will be retiring from the development studio next year. Um, he is one of the top executives at the company. And uh, in a statement he posted on Twitter, well, Bethesda first said, quote, Pete's public presence was only a small part of the role at Bethesda, although the way he represented us carried over into the values he nurtured here, authenticity, integrity, and passion, unquote. Uh, he's been with the studio for 24 years. Uh, he posted his own statement on Twitter saying, quote, After 24 years, I've decided my time at Bethesda Softworks has come to an end. I'm retiring and will begin an exciting new chapter of my life, exploring interests and passions, donating my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy my life, unquote. So he joined Bethesda Softworks in 1999, started as this SVP of Global Marketing and Communications, and, uh, and was promoted to head of global publishing last October. So he was at SVP for 23 years. Um, him and Todd Howard, of course, helped build the company to what it was today. Bethesda, of course, was purchased by Microsoft in 2020. He was a witness in the Microsoft versus the FTC trial over Activision Blizzard and, uh, you know, has supported Bethesda Softworks for quite a long time. It looks like, I don't know if it's effective immediately or if it's the end of the year, but uh, he is officially retiring from Bethesda Softworks. Um, let me see. So uh, his official statement was this, quote, After 24 years, I've decided my time at Bethesda Softworks has come to an end. I'm retiring and will begin an exciting new chapter of my life, exploring interests and passions, donating my, donating my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy my life. This was not a decision I came to easily or quickly, but after an amazing career culminating in the incredible launch of Starfield, it feels like the time is right. This is certainly not goodbye by any means. My love of Bethesda and its people has never wavered. And I will never stop being part of this incredible community we have grown. Thank you to the hundreds and thousands of fans I've gotten to meet and talk to over the last 24 years. Your energy, creativity, and support has been such a big part of my journey. I look forward to experiencing the next part of the adventure alongside you. Working with the amazing people, teams, and studios at Bethesda has been the greatest experience of my life. I'm incredibly proud of everything we have done together. And I'm genuinely excited to see the amazing things they will create next. Love you guys, Pete. Uh, end of quote. So it looks like uh, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, hopefully he enjoys his retirement. That's a big, big name in gaming right there. Uh, Epic Games has announced that they want to start paying developers uh, uh, money to bring old games to the Epic's, Epic Games uh, store. So... It is called a back. It, they're calling it a uh, via blog post. Um, now on Epic program, they will enjoy a hundred percent revenue boost for first six months of the release on Epic's Game Store. After that, they will get an eighty-eight percent and twelve eighty-eight twelve revenue percent revenue split. Um, 
They must commit to releasing at least three games before October 31st, 2023, and have them currently live on another third-party PC store, include in a third-party subscription service, such as Game Pass or PlayStation Plus. Um, If they don't have three games that meet that criteria, they must bring over all the games they've already released that are live. Uh, Or you can wait to enroll in the program uh, until the end of 2020, December 31st, 2024, um, and all games must be on the game store by June 30th of 25. So I don't personally use the Epic Game Store. I don't like giving money to Epic if I don't have to. Um, the Van Gogh Museum has pulled its limited edition Pikachu card after outrageous crowds and scalpers stormed the museum essentially to get their hands on Pokemon merchandise so much so that you can actually get the card if you buy a certain amount of mo- stuff on the Pokemon Center website. Um, Roblox officially launched on PlayStation and has had a massive launch having numbers in the uh, millions of users similar to that of, of Call of Duty and other games. NVIDIA has announced that they will be raising the price of their GeoForce Now service in both Canada and Europe. So if you're in those areas, please look out and be aware if you're using the service. Netflix is pushing to have a GTA game added to their Netflix games service. We'll see if that actually happens. Uh, Sony has announced they will have the interactive gaming television type deal Silent Hill Ascension will appear weekly on PS5 and PS4. If you guys are into that. And uh, in unfortunate news, more layoffs have hit the gaming industry. This time at Frontier Developments, the team behind the F1 Manager games. So we've learned that uh, Frontier Developments out of the UK has announced an organizational review of the business uh, and a wave of what they call redundancies, which is layoffs uh, in, in American English. So... Uh, they've also worked on, so Frontiers Behind Elite Dangerous, Zoo Tycoon, uh, the Microsoft One, Planet Coaster, Jurassic World Evolution, uh, F1 Manager, Warhammer Age of Sigmar, Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gate, all these games. So it had planned to lower its uh, sales expectations for the fiscal years of 23 and 24 after games underperformed, uh, especially last year, F1 Manager 2022 was singled out especially. It only sold about 600,000 units across console and PC. So it it closed Frontier Foundry subsidiary. Uh, It started to concentrate its own universe of curated games. But, uh, and F1 Manager 2023 launched this past July, and it looks like it it underperformed as well. Uh, They've announced an annual operating cost reduction of up to 20%. And uh, recruitment free, spending cuts, redundancies, and uh, go th- in st- will stand in place until early next year. So it looks like uh, it looks like a lot of changes are going on across the industry as a whole. Uh, yet we've seen that all year. Realistically, uh, Nvidia has announced that it will update the RTX 20 series of GPUs to allow you to have. Uh, the ability to have super resolution, which it has on its uh, some of its newer GPUs, extending the life of some of those older ones. Markiplier, the massively popular Twitch streamer, uh, who 
was big for streaming Five Nights at Freddy's, has announced he will not be appearing in the film despite uh, originally supposedly supposed to be in the film. I don't know what I... Supposedly supposed to. (laughs) I don't think that's a thing. But uh, he was supposed to be in the film, unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts with his own film that he was making. Uh, He will not be appearing in the Five Nights at Freddy's film. Uh, What else is going on, huh? Well, we've learned uh, that uh, Alan Wake is getting a flashback experience in Fortnite, of all things. So, the Alan Wake flashback is a new Fortnite experience that allows you to revisit the 2010 classic, original Alan Wake, and you can essentially check out a special island if you enter the code... 3426-5561-3327. It is free. Uh, And you go back to Bright Falls, shine your light on the events from Alan Wake in Alan Wake Flashback. Um, It's a collaboration between Remedy, Spiral House, and Zen Creative. And it's just, it comes out now just 10 days before the release of Alan Wake 2 uh, when it comes out next week. So... We'll see what happens uh, if you go and check that out now. Uh, I will scream from the rafters forever and ever. Alan Wake is one of the most underrated games, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the sequel. Uh, Phil Spencer was being uh, interviewed on the official Xbox podcast recently, uh, and they uh, asked him essentially, hey, so... uh, are we getting Activision Blizzard games on Game Pass this year? He essentially said no. Uh, Game Pass games will not be on the service until next year. Phil Spencer said, quote, They're coming eventually, but the regulatory challenges surrounding this acquisition made it a bit trickier to navigate than the Zenimax deal. And adding games to Game Pass isn't as simple as flipping a switch to put them on there. The truth of the matter is, with the Activision Blizzard King, that the regulatory process took so long, and frankly, there was a lot of uncertainty in that process up until really a week before we closed, or the week of, when the CMA finally came down to their decision, and that we weren't able to get in and work with mostly Activision Blizzard in this case on that back catalog work. So now that the deal is closed, we're starting that work, but there is work, and the Twitter handle did put out something that talked about 2024. I think that's accurate. I would love to if there was some kind of secret. I would love it if there was some kind of secret collaboration drop that was coming in the next couple of weeks. There's not, unquote. So while a lot of us were hoping we might get that, it, it's not happening, which I kind of expected. Like, don't expect Diablo 4 on, on Game Pass anytime soon. Um, Phil Spencer, of course, uh, confirmed uh, Call of Duty parody saying, quote, the players on PlayStation and in the future on Nintendo, I want you to feel 100% part of the community. I don't want you to feel like there's content you're missing out on, skins you're missing out on, timing you're missing out on. That's not the goal. The goal is 100% parity across all platforms as much as we can for launch and content, unquote. So no exclusive betas, no exclusive kits, skins. Everything will be 100% parity. No surprise there. Um... He also followed up with um, a lot of stuff. He talked about this podcast on this podcast. If you guys want to check it out, 
So he went on to say, I just don't think that a team working on something that isn't their passion leads to the best result. So I might have my list of things from my memories and history that I want to see made again. Everybody will. When I just think about, not just about Activision Blizzard King, you add in Bethesda, you add in Xbox's history, Rare, the amount of franchises that we now have in our portfolio is kind of inspiring. It's daunting. I feel that we have to be a great custodian for the content we touch. There, are, These are memories for people on different platforms, different decades, and I want to make sure that what we're when we're going back and visiting something that we do it with our complete ability, a motivated team that wants to go work on something and make a difference, not just create something for a financial gain or create something for a PR announcement and not deliver. Um, unquote, which I, I totally agree. He went on to say for different games, things like that. Uh, I, I applaud Phil. I know a lot of people in the industry and in the community across all platforms, fandoms, love Phil. Uh, he's always, he seems like he's very straightforward. He could not, he could be lying through his teeth every single time, but he's, he does such a good job out of it, at it that none, none of us realize. Um, speaking of Activision games, Diablo 4 is now on Steam and it is Steam Deck certified. If you guys were holding out on playing it. Uh, and then Starfield, number one selling game in the US in September, despite also being on Game Pass, which just kind of throws a candle in the face of it doesn't sell if it's on Game Pass. Um, yeah. So Starfield, like I said, was number one across PC, Xbox on September 6th. Then Mortal Kombat 1 was up there. Um, let me see. Then it goes EA Sports FC 24, Madden NFL 24, and uh, Payday 3. Payday 3 in the top 5. Look at that. Um, yeah, so Starfield, Mortal Kombat 1, EA Sports FC, Madden NFL 24, Payday 3, NBA 2K24 dropping at the 6th spot. Look at that. That's not good, folks. NBA 2K is usually up there. The Crew Motorfest, Armored Core 6, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 round out the top 10. Hogwarts Legacy still in the top 10 of top-selling games. Holy shit. That's wild to me. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Resident Evil 4. There's some wild games in here on the top list. That's crazy. And that's that's all physical. That does not include digital sales. So, that's crazy. Uh, Starfield is the seventh best-selling game of the year. So, that's this is also nuts. Um, so, Diab uh, Hogwarts Legacy is the number one selling game of the year. I'm kind of surprised at that. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is number two. Madden NFL 24 is number three. Diablo 4, number four. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is in the top five. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is 6, uh, Starfield 7, Mortal Kombat 1, 8, Resident Evil 4 Remake is number 9, MLB The Show 23 is number 10. That's crazy to me that Hogwarts Legacy is the number one selling game of the year. That's cool. Um, but, let's see... U.S. consumers spent $4.5 billion on video games in September of this year alone, up 10% from the previous year. 
And our final bit of gaming news here is a new collaboration for Overwatch 2. It is having a musical collaboration with K-pop group Les Seraphim. Um, it's an anagram for I Am Fearless. So it's coming to Overwatch 2 on the 26th of October. And a new game mode as well. I don't know anything about this band. But that's it for gaming news. Let's uh, let's head on up the five up to Hollywood. See what's going on, shall we? All right, we've made it up to Hollywood. That was a that was a quick trip. We uh, we go very fast here at Nixner News. <laughs> um, what's going on in Hollywood, huh? Well, a lot. And the biggest thing is the strike. The strike. The strike. The SAG after strike is still ongoing, despite intense negotiations beginning a week and a half ago. It looks like. Um, They've come to a big, giant bump in the road. All negotiations have currently ceased. They have not, they're not, it's not officially over, but they've ceased for the time being. The AMPTP and the SAG-AFTRA strike negotiations have been suspended. Uh, apparently the gap is what it's being called, quote-unquote, too great. Um, the... Trade Association representing the studios, the AMPTP, says, quote, Negotiations between the AMPTP and SAG-AFTRA have been suspended after SAG-AFTRA presented its most recent proposal on October 11th. After meaningful conversations, it is clear the gap between the AMPTP and SAG-AFTRA is too great, and conversations are no longer moving us in a productive direction, unquote. So, SAG issued their own statement on Twitter saying, quote, it is with profound disappointment that we report the industry CEOs have walked away from the bargaining table after refusing to counter our latest offer. We have negotiated with them in good faith, despite the fact that last week they presented an offer that was shockingly worth less than they proposed before the strike began, unquote. So the biggest issues, of course, still have to do with AI, pay increases, uh, revenue sharing, just a, a lot of things. Um, SAG-AFTRA says they've completely revamped its proposals throughout the bargaining process. AMPTP refused to counter any offers. Um, the uh, SAG-AFTRA says, quote, we have made big, meaningful counters on our end, including completely transforming our revenue share proposal, which would cost the companies less than 57 cents per subscriber each year. The AMPTP have rejected our proposals and refused to counter, unquote. So, there's there's a lot going on. Um, a lot of misinformation. Hollywood Reporter it is, is reporting that the biggest issue is that revenue sharing. Um, yeah, less than 56 cents a person is, is not, not bad. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, there's a lot going on here, and it's unfortunate that it continues, but it is continuing. So hopefully it comes to an end soon. Uh, at New York Comic Con this past weekend, a new Dragon Ball Z show was confirmed for next fall. Uh, it is called Dragon Ball Daima, and it will debut, like I said, next fall. Um, 
it is coming from Toei Animation, and uh, it shows it it will feature a de-aged um, Goku, Vegeta, Bulma, and more. Uh, it will be drawn by Akira Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball. Um, people are calling it similar to GT. It is being col- told as an original story, quote, never told in Dragon Ball, unquote, according to the footage. Um, it says that uh, Toriyama is involved beyond his usual capacity. It's also being reported. But we still don't know. Uh, so Shenron is involved, Goku, uh, Chi-Chi, Pamput, Krillin, Piccolo, Shin, all in much smaller chibi-looking forms, if, if you will. Um, no word yet, though, on where it takes place in the timeline or anything like that. It looks like it's blending 2D and... 3D animation. Everyone's kind of like young, de-aged in it. Oh man, baby Vegeta. I can get into those hijinks. <laughs> um, that's crazy. Netflix showed off images of its live-action Yu Yu Hakusho uh, uh, reboot uh, adaptation, whatever you want to call it, coming in December, uh, featuring some new looks at those faces. Uh, Halloween, the movie, franchise, might be getting a cinematic universe. So Miramax has uh, purchased the television rights to the franchise. Via Deadline, the deal between Miramax and Trancas, which is the Trancas International Films, which owns the rights to Halloween, never heard of them, uh, has... Will include a TV series, a first look agreement for other TV projects for international markets. So, its own cinematic universe on television. I don't know if they could continue it, but I, I they, there's a lot of stuff from the companies. Can you just let Halloween go now? We had the most recent one, and people didn't like it. No need to reboot it again. Uh, confirmed at Comic-Con, Invincible Season 2 will air November 3rd. Got a new trailer for that. Uh, some, a lot of Walking Dead news. I don't care about the Walking Dead, so I'm not going to talk about it. If you do, that's you. You can seek out the news yourself. I'm not giving it to you. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, Scott Pilgrim blasts off, or whatever it's called, the great new... Uh, manga or anime adaptation of Scott Pilgrim featuring the whole voice cast from uh, uh, from the movie got a new trailer. That show is going to be amazing, and we're just a few weeks out from its debut on Netflix. Uh, Netflix also announced. Speaking of Netflix, they're raising their prices, assholes. Um, Netflix will be opening physical stores in 2025. Maybe this is why they're raising their prices. Uh, It's going to be called Netflix House. You'll be able to immerse yourself in the worlds of different Netflix franchises, including Stranger Things, Squid Game, Bridgerton, and more. Uh, Bloomberg is reporting that the uh, retail venture, which uh, they had some pop-up shops over the last few years that have uh, influenced them. So you'll be able to... The first two locations will open in 2025. More stores will open globally after that. Uh, They'll have different rotating installations, ticketed shows, restaurants with food ranging from fast casual to high-end dining, desserts and spirits inspired by unscripted shows, 
and popular series. Um, that's that's fun. I don't know. Uh, it's similar to what they did. I guess they had something called the Queen's Ball, a Bridgerton experience in 10 cities over the last year. And you could uh, drink, and drink and dance to classical renditions of favorite pop songs like in the Bridgerton show. Um, it also had a pop-up restaurant, Netflix Bites, recently where you could have food and drinks created by chefs from the show's cooking, from the platform's cooking shows, or Stranger Things branded pizza and ice cream. Uh, Netflix House is coming in two years. Uh, Best Buy has announced they are going to start phasing out physical media in their stores. So if you want to buy music, movies, things like that, good luck. Won't be there. I mean, Amazon's still king on that. You can get like three, I don't wonder if they still do it, but they used to offer like three HD, no, not HD DVD, uh, 4K Blu-rays for like three for like 50 bucks or something, which is not a bad deal at all. Uh, the Eras Tour, the movie from Taylor Swift, has won the weekend box office with $96 million, and everyone in the theaters are acting like hooligans. Jesus Christ, go away. <laughs> no, it's helping. I'm kidding. Uh, the King's Man 2, we've learned from Matthew Vaughn. Uh, this will be a sequel to The King's Man, which was a prequel to The Kingsman. <laughs> uh, it will be called The Traitor King and feature the rise of Hitler as Hitler appears at the end of The King's Man. And it will, uh, we don't know if it's going to be a television show or a movie just yet, but it is in the works. Disney recently re released a new animated short to celebrate their 100th anniversary that took place this weekend. It is called Once Upon a Studio. Uh, you can watch it on Hulu, Disney+. Plus. It's aired on several different channels. It first aired on, on ABC on Sunday night. And uh, it features a character or several characters from, just a, from every single animated Disney Pictures film. Um, and I'm talking from Snow White to Meet the Robinsons to uh, any non-Pixar movie, essentially. Uh, even Wish, the movie that's not even out yet. It features a character. And it featured the genie, including Robin Williams' voice, without the use of AI. Uh, it, uh, with the permission of Robin Williams' estate, probably his daughter Zelda, they were able to go back and use unused recordings of uh, when Robin Williams was doing recordings for Aladdin as Genie. They found clips that were not used in the film to use to have him essentially speak to Olaf in the movie. They even got James Woods to record new lines as Hades. I would check it out. It's, it's probably one of the best short films I've seen in a very long time. It will air before Wish when that releases in theaters later this year. Matthew Vaughn got very talkative as of late. Uh, like I said, he talked about The King's Man 2. We've also learned why he stepped away from X-Men 3, X-Men United, uh, last, the X-Men The Last Stand, excuse me, back in, what was that, 2005, I think, 2006? It's been a while. But uh, essentially it has to do with Halle Berry. So he said, quote, I went into one of the executive offices and I saw an X3 script. And I immediately knew it was a lot fatter. 
Um, I was like, what the hell is this draft? He went, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm the director. I'm worrying about this draft. He wouldn't tell me, so I grabbed it literally. It was like a crazy moment. Opened the first page and it said, Africa, storm, kids dying of no water. She creates a thunderstorm and saves all these children. Unquote. <laughs> he said, quote, I said, what is this? He recounted. They said, oh, it's a Halle Berry script. I went, okay, because she hasn't signed up yet, but this is what she wants it to be, and once she signs up, we'll throw it in the bin. Whoa. Um, unquote. So, and then he said, quote, I was like, wow, you're going to do all that to an Oscar-winning actress who plays Storm? I'm out of here. So I quit at that point, unquote. Look at that. He quit because they were going to trick Halle Berry. Talk about a director standing up for his cast. Um, he did like the idea of, of bringing Storm to Africa, but when he found out it was all fake, he quit. So it wouldn't. it's like, why trick her? Uh, Brett Ratner, of course, would come in to direct it. Uh, and then Vaughn, of course, would be brought back to direct X-Men First Class. So, yeah, X-Men The Last Stand was not that good. <laughs> Woo, that was fun. Um, interesting. That's all with The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, he also talked about bringing uh, Kick-Ass back or rebooting it in some way. I like Matthew Vaughn. I like his work. Um... A prop X-Wing from the original filming of Star Wars A New Hope has been sold at, was found and sold at auction. Get this, for it's, it's, it's not a miniature, but it's not big either. $3.135 million for an original X-Wing from Star Wars A New Hope used in filming in, the, in 1976. That's pretty fucking cool if you ask me. Um, we finally learned the new voice, who the new voices of Rick and Morty are. Uh, it was a good, it was a good episode, the season premiere. Uh, Morty's voice needs a little more work, if you ask me. Uh, the man they hired to play Rick is, is damn near perfect. Uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole's new voice actor, though, he's just okay. Um, we have now learned that Ian Cardoni is the new voice of Rick, and Harry Belden as the new voice of Morty. Uh, they are... Uh, so Cardoni is a Boston-based voice actor. He's worked in Dead of Night and uh, WrestleMania narrator. Belden, uh, also unknown, has worked in Joe Para Talks With You and in Chicago Med. Um, that's crazy. Bunch of unknowns. I thought the new, like I said, I thought the new episode was good. Didn't feature a whole lot of Morty, but a lot of Rick and Mr. Poopy Butthole and Hugh Jackman of all people. Um, and in a new interview uh, that Dan Harmon and the showrunners did um, with the Hollywood Reporter, talked about how they auditioned thousands of people um, for the role. Scott Martyr, showrunner, and Dan Harmon. They said, quote, Rick was a lot harder than I expected. Everyone sounded like Macho Man Randy Savage or like a cousin of his. No one sounded exactly like Rick. It was tricky. People had it in splashes, but once you bring them in, they couldn't do it conversationally, which is what we needed. It was exhaustive, unquote. Uh, they have a big whole article about it. And uh, how do you sound? Macho Man sounds nothing like Rick. That's people. I don't know, man. That Sean Kelly guy on, on TikTok, I think, would have been a better Morty, personally. But 
We're learning that Disney is going to move forward with a live-action Gargoyles reboot. And if Jonathan Frakes is in it, I'm, I'm rioting. <laughs> uh, and Keith David better, better be the voice. So, via The Hollywood Reporter, Gary Dauberman is teaming up. He's the original show creator. Um, is working with James Wan's Atomic Monster Company to produce a live-action version for Disney+. Uh, Doberman will serve as writer, producer, and showrunner. Atomic Monster will help produce the show. And uh, this is interesting. So I'm very excited. We'll see if uh, Marina Sirtis is is back to voice the character, or Keith David as well. Um, that's uh, Oh, so Doberman worked on Annabelle. Okay, he did not work on Gargoyles. I don't know why I thought that. Um, he worked on Annabelle Moore movies and, uh, wrote The Nun and The Nun 2. So, I'm wondering how far, ooh, if they're getting James Wan and him involved, it's probably going to be scary or creepy in some way, in a good way, for sure. Let's see, Michael Caine announces he is officially retired from acting. He's very old. I think he's, it's getting harder and harder for him. Uh, Sean Levy says, due to the actor strike, the release date for Deadpool 3 is very much in danger of being moved. Uh, Warwick Davis has opened up and slammed Disney for taking his Willow sequel show off of Disney+. Plus. Um, he said, quote, I meet lovely people on a daily basis who are fans of Willow, who are the reason the Disney Plus series was made. Please tell me what Walt Disney Co. and what... Do I say to these subscribers when they ask why they can't watch the series anymore? Hashtag embarrassing. Yeah. That's a, of all things to take off. I don't care for Willow. Uh, Netflix Geeked Week has been announced for November 6th through the 12th. Um, if you guys are interested in that. Uh, we've got our first look today or yesterday at some of the live action people playing the members of the Fire Nation in the Avatar The Last Airbender live-action series coming to Netflix. They look really good. Daniel Day Kim as Fire Lord Ozai, though. Fire. Across the Spider-Verse will hit Netflix on Halloween Day. Uh, the Boy and the Heron, we've learned it's American voice cast, or English voice cast, I should say. Uh, Christian Bale, Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, Willem Dafoe, Karen Fukuhara, Mark Hamill... Robert Pattinson and Florence Pugh will all appear in the English dub of *The Boy and the Heron*, the newest film from Studio Ghibli. Ghibli, Ghibli. How do you? Uh, is there a rhyme or reason to it? I don't know. Um, and final bit of t movie television news here. It's frustrating, of course. Uh, Netflix has announced they will be raising their prices, despite adding nine million new users. Since the password cracked down, they're getting more users and they're raising the prices. We had learned they might not raise the prices until after the strikes had ended, but it looks like now they're raising them regardless. Assholes. Um, again, I'm going to say it again. Stop greenlighting every show that winks at you, Netflix. <sighs> so this will happen in the US, UK, and France. Effective immediately. Fucking dicks. Um, the basic plan, which is the lowest cost tier without ads, 
which is no longer available to new subscribers, will go from $9.99 a month to $11.99 a month. I think I can switch to that. The premium plan, which allows you to watch in Ultra HD across four supported devices at a time, will go from $19.99 to $22.99. Uh, and then the ad-supported uh, plans will not see any cost change. Um, it added 8.8 .8 million new subscribers in its third quarter, so this year, where it only added 2.4 million in the third quarter last year. Stupid. Um, stupid, stupid, stupid. Ad-supported and standard plans will remain unchanged for those regions, U.S., U.K., and France. Um, yeah. They said, quote, our overall approach remains the same. A range of prices and plans to meet a wide range of needs. And as we deliver more value to our members, we occasionally ask them to pay a bit more, unquote. You're not adding value, though, Netflix. You're not adding value. You're just not. You're not. I I'm not getting any added value. Yes, you're getting some new stuff, but you still have a lot of dog shit on the platform. Stop making dog shit, and maybe people won't be mad. Like, really. It, it's not that fucking hard. It's, it's really not hard. Stop focusing on profits and, I don't know, do some stuff. Who knows? Anyway, that is it for movie news. Let's take a look and see what's going on in the 90s, shall we? as we continue our uh, top 10 lists of, of classic decades. Uh, last week, we started our first foray into the 1990s when we did 1990s action comedy movies. There's going to be a lot more uh, a lot more genres to do top 10s of with the 90s, especially with comedy, because I've seen so many comedy movies, it's going to be really hard to make a top 10 list. Um, but... Uh, I was originally going to start with my birth year, 91. I don't know why. I'm, I'm just going to skip over that till the end, I think. Uh, this week, we're going to do 90s teen movies. Uh, these are movies that predominantly feature teen storylines. Um, they're mostly comedies. Uh, you'll be surprised at where some of them might fall, given my past lists. But, but, let's go ahead and start with number 10, Pleasantville, yes, Pleasantville is a 90s movie, and yes, it's a teen movie. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal, um, is that uh, Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, uh, a guy gets sucked into his like favorite te television show, or he goes into his favorite television show. It's like half black and white, half color. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's about existentialism, things like that. If you've never seen Pleasantville, um, it, it's, it's interesting. For sure, 1998, uh, directed by Gary Ross. Oh, Tobey Maguire. I don't know why I said Jake Gyllenhaal. Tobey Maguire, Jeff Daniels, Joan Allen, William H. Macy, Reese Witherspoon, Don Knotts. Like I said, a lot of uh, a lot of good people in this movie. 
they get stuck in a 1950s TV show, essentially. It's, um, it's, very, it's a very fun movie, and it kind of changes their lives, and they, they grow up a bit. If you've never, like I said, if you've never seen it, you should definitely, definitely check it out. It's a great, great movie. Um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people are in it. Don Knotts, of course. It's a fun movie. Uh, that's my number ten and number nine, Superstar. Uh, it's a SNL movie based on an SNL skit, starring Molly Shannon as Mary Catherine Gallagher. Will Ferrell is in it. Uh, Mary Catherine Gallagher, of course, is a interesting student at a, a Catholic school and um, wanting to be a superstar, essentially, and all her strange, strange little friends. Um, <laughs> it is a um, it is a strange movie indeed. Um, if you like like the wackiness of early or late '90s, early 2000s SNL. Uh, Superstar was <laughs> Superstar. It fits that mold perfectly. Uh, it was released on October eighth, nineteen ninety nine. I um, I very much enjoy this movie. It is fun because I liked the skits. Um, a lot of interesting people are in this movie. Harlan Williams, of course, as well. And um, yeah, Glennis Johns. That was her last movie. She was a uh, British actress and dancer in a lot of movies. I can't believe that was uh, her last movie. Um, great soundtrack in this movie as well. And I'm pretty sure, doesn't Tom Green play a priest? So, no, he doesn't. But Tom Green's in it. That's always fun. This movie, uh, next movie, number eight, is a documentary. It's The Endless Summer 2, released June 3rd, 1994. A sequel, technically, to the original documentary, Endless Summer. It's about two teens, Wingnut and uh, his friend, I can't think of the name right now, but essentially they go on a surfing tour in the late 80s, early 90s, and this documentary follows them as they go around the world on a surfing tour, and it's a, it's a great documentary. I love surfing documentaries. They're, they're so fun. Uh, that's why I like that movie, Surf's Up. But if you've never seen it, you should definitely check it out. Uh, like I said, surf, surf documentaries are some of the best sports documentaries you can watch. Uh, number seven, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, released July 19th, 1991, sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which if I remember correctly, I put Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, much higher on my original list. Um, the first, yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was my number one 80s teen movie. Yes, I very much enjoy the second one. Uh, you know, we get Station and the Grim Reaper, dude. And it's, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It just, there's better teen movies that came out in the 90s that I very much enjoy. Released uh, July 19th, 1991. Number six, Encino Man. Released May 22nd, 1992. Starring uh, uh, Policio or uh, Brendan Fraser as the eponymous Encino Man. And why can't I think of Samwise Gamgee's name? What uh, What's going on here, folks? I'm, 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 losing, I'm losing my memory here. Uh, but essentially, 
two young teens, uh, uh, Kihi, Sean Astin. Why? I don't know. Uh, Kihi Hui, Kihui Kwan. I can't say his name to save my life is also in it, but Sean Astin and Pauly Shore, two high school friends. They are building a pool in their backyard. They dig up the Encino man, an ice age man frozen played by Brendan Fraser and all the hijinks he gets up to, you know, being the missing link, waking up in uh, in the, you know, future, essentially. <laughs> uh, and, and being very confused about the future. So that is my number six. Number five, Mall Rats, released October 20th, 1995. Kevin Smith's second movie yes second movie is here yes i know brody and, and them are technically out of high school in this movie but still stan lee makes an appearance a conversation is had about the hulk's dick <laughs> oh man michael rooker's in this movie too it is a fun fun movie um if you've never seen mall rats you should definitely check it out at number four as if clueless the quintessential 90s Teen film released July 19th, 1995. Is there anything really that has to be said about Clueless other than Paul Rudd? Number three, Can't Hardly Wait, another great quintessential 90s teen movie, uh, released June 12th, 1998. Um, Seth Green, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Great, great movie. The party scene alone. Uh, everything stops and freezes when, when Jennifer Love Hewitt's character walks uh, walks into the room. I had to stop myself there because uh, I almost used a phrase of my youth in re re reference to Miss Hewitt. That would not be appropriate to repeat on this podcast. Uh, number two, Heavyweights. I hold a special place in my heart for this movie released february 17th 1995 ben affleck or ben, ben affleck ben stiller uh paul fague who is a director of a lot of melissa mccarthy movies um several other you know well-known actors and and things like that attached to this judd apatow is in it and wrote it this movie the Perkis system it, 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 the fact, just the fact that there's fat camp, there's a fat camp movie. This is on Disney plus. I need you to go watch it. It's so funny. It's so good. Very nostalgic, very nineties. It's, uh, <laughs> the Perkis system. Oh boy. And Hans. Oh boy. Such a good movie. I love Ben Stiller in this movie. He's so good. Uh, and number one, I mean, it, it really, really. There's no other movie that could have been number one for best teen movies, teen comedies, at least, in the 90s. American Pie, released July 9th, 1999. Stifler's Mom, dude. Stifler's Mom. And this one time at band camp. I, I, I can't tell you how many movies would go on to reference American Pie Let's talk about a franchise that was spawned from American Pie. The 
you know, Jason Biggs would go down in history as for fucking a pie. <laughs> I I just if you thought another movie was going to be here other than American Pie, then you're just lying to yourselves or you've never seen it, which again would be a wild thing to me. Um this is such a good movie. Eugene Levy, Chris Klein, uh like I said Jason Biggs, Allison Hannigan, Natasha Lyonne, Thomas Ian Nichols, Tara Reed, Mina Savari, Eddie K. Thomas, Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott as Stifler, Shannon Elizabeth, Jennifer Coolidge. I, I, it's so good. So good. I, I just, yes, there's some problematic things in it. Yes, Blink-182 is in it. But it's, it's a fun, fun Fun movie. Casey Haslick is in it. Wow. Um, Finch. Finch, 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 Finch. I really wish a lot of you would go, would watch, uh, would watch American Pie if you've never seen it before. So it's such an interesting, fun movie. It's a, it's definitely a product of the 90s as well. Um, It's such a 90s movie, despite coming out almost at the end of the 90s. But it... it, And the second one is is very much a lot like the... as like the early 2000s as well. Um, But John Cho, I forgot John Cho was in it too. There's a lot of good people in this movie... And that's why it's the number one. It's, it's literally the best teen movie ever made. I don't care what anyone says. Hands down, American Pie, number one teen movie. That is my list for top 10 90s teen movies. Pleasantville, Superstar, Endless Summer 2, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Encino Man, Mall Rats, Clueless, Can't Hardly Wait, Heavyweights, and American Pie, baby. Now, uh, don't go warm up those pies in the microwave. Promise me that, please, okay? <laughs> uh, other than that, Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. This is Nixner News. Don't forget to check out our website, nixnernews.com. Follow us on social media, Nixner News. Or follow me, the Nick DeFalco. Do whatever you guys prefer. And I will catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit